What's up, everybody? This, what is this, 33? I am not sure anymore. I think it is episode number 33 of the SFU podcast. We are here not in person together, <laughs> but we are still uh, persons, but separately in different locations, but together. Yes. Um, Juan is at his house or his casa, as his people say. Casita. At his casita, his yes, casitas, yeah. and I'm at my crib. Uh, <laughs> I'm at SFU Studios, Lake Havasu City, Arizona, baby. Um, so yeah, the last the last episode that came out was a was a a pre recorded episode. That's why it was not about uh, like we didn't do the math equals sorcery thing. We didn't do some other stuff. Because uh, in the episode that I talked about losing my job, so I switched jobs. Juan is still at the other job, yeah, um, and he's soon coming over to my job, and that will again make it easier to just record after work one day. But uh, until then, the schedules just aren't aren't lining up perfectly. But uh, hopefully, we'll get back into it um, next week. We'll start doing it on the regular day next week. Um, but now that that's out of the way we have a a couple different things to talk about sup first off what's up with the gergmeister bro is he trying to get like beat up or what yeah he's been um he's been he's been pretty rambunctious lately (laughs) like uh he's uh he's going through the the phase of pushing butt like pushing his boundaries Mm. and uh it's super frustrating. It's super <laughs> frustrating for my main reason for thinking it's so frustrating is because he's literally like this fucking, he's tiny. Okay. Yeah. He's this big and I'm six, three, 200 pounds. He weighs 30 pounds and he's like two foot, nothing. Okay. And this a hole <laughs> is like testing me and he yeah. knows that he is. Cause he'll, like I'll be sitting there playing my drums and he'll come up behind me and he'll like have this toy and he'll just whack hit me in the back with it. <laughs> and I turn around like, what the? and he, he like runs away and like goes, ha ha. And he does the ha ha. He does that laugh. Dude, Roxy, bro. She has this little attitude to her, bro. Of and course. Like, my, my mom will be like, Roxy, you need to do, don't walk on this floor. It's just whatever. And she's like, okay, do, 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 do. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, Ooh, you little fucker. Yeah, they're they're boundary pushing because they don't have they don't have the 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 uh the maturity level to understand yeah. that oh, I could get straight knocked out right now <laughs> if I'm doing some dumb shit. Bro, my mom just pulled a chunkla on him, bro. What is I that? I was even scared, mean? Doug. The chunkla, bro. This right here, bro. Oh. Don't make me, bro. What's up? Oh, shit. She pulled out her fucking uh, zapatos. Yeah, bro. Her chancla. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into one of the topics that, uh, that you had brought up uh, the other day. So, we're going to be talking a little bit about attachments, which is a, a huge part of uh, pretty much any, any addiction, regardless if it's, if it's drug addiction uh, drug and alcohol addiction, food addiction, sex addiction, uh, sniffing poop. You know, yeah. some people like to just huff 
bags of shit, jank them. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, and then like emotional attachments and stuff like that. And yeah, like- yeah, and that and that comes with with all forms of of addiction. There's emotional attachment to different things, and ninety nine percent percent of the time, it seems like it's it's harmful to have the attachments from when you were going through the stuff that you want to now be past. Right. You know what I mean? If like, say for us being ex drug addicts, having the attachments that we had when we were addicts kind of just puts you back in the mindset. Like it's basically like what people talk about with triggers. The, the idea of triggers before it got into the, to the woke culture of like, I'm triggered by this word to be upset. Yeah. But you're talking about like me seeing a spoon or something and being like, I'm triggered right now. This is what I'm talking (laughs) about. Yeah. Yeah. In addiction, being triggered is seeing something, smelling something, tasting something that reminded you of being in that position and being like, I need to go get high now because something in my brain happened subconsciously. And now I'm like, I really want some meth or I really want some, some hair, hair on right now. Heron, yeah. And I can't figure out why, like walking into a bathroom at a gas station and you smell heroin that had just been cooked by the last person who was in there. And you know, that's what it is. There's nothing that smells like that. <laughs> so that's what it, what a trigger actually is. And emotional attachment to those types of things is a trigger in the way of addiction, not in the trigger, not a trigger in the sense of I'm upset now. Yeah. Because honestly, uh, how do you word this? Who cares? Right. Okay. I get people (laughs) who, people who were victims of, 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 of sexual assault, which I know we're not supposed to say the full word essays. Yes. People who were victims of that, that's that's i guess that would be like ptsd being triggered for ptsd is a completely separate thing from you know seeing a a rig cap a syringe cap in the street and being like oh i need to go do drugs but basically which i know this is kind of off topic but with with the sa victims it's basically the only thing that's triggering is talking about yeah you know, the act of assaulting somebody reliving through that like moment and shit. Like it's yeah. Probably so it plays over in their head and they fuck that. Yeah. It's weird. Cause I, in, in the terminology that I understand triggering to be, it's triggering is, uh, basically one of your senses subconsciously picks up this thing and then it triggers something in your brain impulse, an impulse in your brain that you're not aware of. But if someone's like joking about like this whole David Dobrik thing that was going on. Yeah. Making jokes or saying, we don't believe that girl. And in that, in that specific, uh, in that specific situation about um, Hannah, they're calling Hannah to protect her identity, of course. Um, a lot of these other allegations that have happened recently, there was never any kind of proof. And that was always the weird thing for me is there was no due process because there's no 
checks and balances. There's no receipts. This is just a person saying another person did something bad. But this girl, Hannah, there's a lot to back this up. There's basically video evidence of the shit happening to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't even, I don't even, I honestly don't even watch H3 anymore. So I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I, it's uh, been hard. It's been hard to watch it for me. Yeah, the, the last fuck, six, seven episodes have been basically strictly about the whole David Dobrik situation. It's but been pretty uh, annoying. I watched, I watched, I watched, yeah. Hey, you owe me a hey. soda. Oh, no. I watched this, uh, <laughs> uh, a non verbal, uh, expert like a body language expert he did a video on david dobrik's second and first apology Mm -hmm. and uh he also did one on amber heard about the whole johnny depp thing when they were like asking her did you shit on johnny depp's bed she's fucking guilty i'm just she was like (laughs) i'm just kidding no i didn't and he's like see how she just darted her eyes around the room and (laughs) Shook her head yes while saying the word no. He's like, I feel like I would be screwed if somebody like a like a person who reads body language and all that. If they were looking at me and they were, I was getting asked really serious fucking questions. I would be doing all the red flags just well not on purpose. The, the but... thing is, <laughs> they have to study you normally, so they have right. to like they would have to watch every episode of this podcast first. Then they can go. He's act. There's something different. See how he acted here. And now he's acting this way when he's being asked that question, he gets really nervous about this certain subject or something like that. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get off the, the H3, the H3 train. Um, I still watch frenemies mostly. I, I've wa- I still like, I'll watch the clips and stuff, but I won't sit through the whole episodes anymore. Like, Yeah. It, it sometimes gets kind of cringy. Um, just like, <laughs> But but then again, they were kind of always yeah about YouTube drama and you know with the Keemstar shit or that guy pissing in his basement. <laughs> it's 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 sometimes good. I mean, I like them, but you know whatever. Right. No, I do, I do too, bro. But just lately, it's been like, eh, I'm good. I got listen to other things. Just too much david dobrik because i yeah i really don't give a shit about him i never watched his videos so i just i just don't give a shit at all um but yeah uh let's go back to the the topic at hand uh so attachments emotional attachments to the past yeah how 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 to get rid of them is kind of a complicated question um yeah but I don't think that it's really necessarily the right question. Uh, I don't think you can just go control alt delete. I don't have those attachments anymore. It's right. something that's kind of a time will heal all wounds type of a scenario. It's something that you have to just find your way through and get over it eventually by, I guess, acting like you don't care. That's really the only way I can uh, I can see that working, and that's the problem with fucking Zoom episodes. <laughs> is, uh, the internet on this side of town just blows, and it's like that South Park episode that 
the cable companies like, oh, is there, there's no other cable companies? Oh no, that's terrible. And just yeah. nipples and shit. Yeah, yeah. That is the internet service provider out here. They right. suck balls. They jack your fucking price up every couple months. And you have to just take it in the pooper with no lube, not even a cuddle afterwards. Aww. Or a warning. They just they oh. just bang the price up and then they go, <laughs> eat a dick, pussy. Fucking pay it. What are you, you what are you broke, you bitch? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of fucking nonsense. Um but I'm trying to think about trying to think about times that that uh I mean, obviously I had a I had a girlfriend while I was right. using heavily and that all went south when I when I got arrested. Uh, yeah. due to all the drug use. And that was something I had to kind of work my way through over the, you know, the course of a, a year or so it took to kind of get over that, I guess. Yeah, dude. That's the same with me, bro. And like, that's what I've been kind of learning lately. It's like, I don't know, like uh, emotional attachments to people and like past emotions are fucking crippling, bro, to everybody. It does. It's. I don't know. It does so. It does bad for your for your mental. You know what I mean. But if what I've been learning recently as well is like you got to either learn from those situations, or you're gonna let it break you, bro. But those are those are learning experiences. That's what I've been. Well, yeah, that's like the same. Personally, getting at you have to learn from your past mistakes, or you're doomed to repeat it. Right. And. But I mean, staying stuck on it is just worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You absolutely. I think it's kind of like you have to. It's like a fake it till you make it type of a situation. <laughs> you have to like pretend like I don't even care, dude. Fuck her. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't. I never even cared. But there's like a. I'm not, I I know I I heard this somewhere. I can't remember what it was, but it it makes a lot of fucking sense that. You know that thing when you, after you break up with a girl and you're like dating someone else down the road and then you're like thinking about your ex-girlfriend, you're like, oh, she was so awesome. Like everything was so great when I was with her. We were always happy. We never fought about like anything. (laughs) And it's your brains playing a trick on you because obviously you were fucking miserable or else you guys would still be dating. Right. But you force yourself to not think about all the times she called you 30 times in a row. She slapped you in front of your mom. She fucked your best friend. She killed your dog. She burned your clothes, all of those things that she did. And the only thing you can remember is she swallowed, dude. (laughs) I I fucking loved her, bro. Okay. I loved her, dude. You know what I mean? loved yeah that's That's a heart that i made what's crazy about that is that in the midst of the insanity of that relationship you thought she was good for your mental health (laughs) yeah it's it's all a thing about being afraid to be alone and that was my other my other previous addiction before any kind of drug addiction was i could never stay single for like a week i had a girlfriend and then i basically would meet another girl and then I'd break up with my girlfriend and then that girl's moving in the next day. As soon as her (laughs) shit's gone, new shit's in. 
And then every two years I just recycled. Ah. And, I, and then after two years, that was like the, the breaking point for me always was two years would happen. And then I'd be like, I'm fucking bored, dude. <laughs> like you're the same shitty person you were two years ago. You still talk about the same stuff. I don't want to talk about, you know, your, your mom fucking your brother. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I kind of right. do actually. That's pretty interesting. You know, you don't really hear about that too often, but it Elaborate. was her, it's her stepmom, I guess. Elaborate like still. Her, yeah. It's her stepmom <laughs> and he was 12. So, I mean, it's a big, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Bro, but I personally hate being alone, right? Yeah, for real. And that's Same. another, that's Same another thing. Things. Like I'm not alone here. I have my kids, you know what I mean? Like, but I'm used to, I was used to being with somebody every day. It's, yeah. Together. It's totally different. You know what I mean? And that's, have that's another, companion. that's another fucking learning process I'm going through as well is being able to be by myself without being your own, other, your own human trying. I'm working on it. I feel a little yeah. bit, I feel a lot more positive than I have been in the last like forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're having to kind of, cause you never had a chance to be like a legitimate adult. You never no. got your license. You never really had and kept a job for more than, you know, a couple weeks or months or whatever it was and paying fines or paying bills or, you know, doing shit that most adults do. And I had the same fucking issue. Cause the, a part of it that went along with me being like a serial monogamist was, I always had a girlfriend who was more responsible, like financially than I was <laughs> like, never, not saying that they always made more money than me, but even if they made less money than me, they had more money than me because right. they I just spending on it. They yeah. were spending it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'd be like, someone's like, Oh, I got an ounce of weed for $400. And I'm like, that sounds good. Yeah. That sounds and then, decent. And then I'm like, Hey, does everyone, all 13 of you want Taco Bell? Let's, let's go, dude. Yeah. I'll buy us all fucking King Cobra forties at like anytime I had enough money to make a fucking dent. Yeah. Yeah. I flushed it down the fucking toilet to people who are no longer around me, <laughs> who I, I don't even remember who they are anymore. I know, I know some of them still, but I don't talk to barely anybody because that's the other thing about addiction is other people's attachment to you yeah they have to basically they they have a fucking uh they sit shiva for you the day they find out that you're a fucking drug addict they're like he's he's dead yeah. he's gone he's we might as well say he's already dead that way when he dies we don't have to be like oh fuck man or whatever, assuming that people would give a shit that I died. But so the attachment goes both ways. And that's, that's a part about, yeah, that's a part about being a drug addict that a lot of people don't think about is drug addicts are very selfish by nature. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to be to not give a fuck about anybody else's feelings, but your own in that you want to get high and you don't care what you have to do to get it. You'll selfish. fuck your own mother over. I'm all selfish yet sensitive <laughs> all at the yeah. same time. Yeah, sensitive to a point, yeah. but not sensitive enough to cry because your emotions are totally fried. You well, don't no, have them. You're being selfish, though. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But 
So getting going into recovery and then doing the 12 steps and doing the making amends portion of doing your steps and finding out like uh, my big one was talking to my cousin. And when I OD'd and my cousin found out and he came out here from California, he stayed the night with me at a hotel. My girlfriend at the time had to like prop me up because I was choking because I smoked seven grams of heroin and took who knows how many Xanax at the same time. He drove me to San Diego. Yeah, more than the right amount. But he drove me to San Diego and put me on a plane. And I remember sitting there uh, before I got on the plane and him just looking at me and like he started just crying, like sobbing tears of unfathomable sadness. Mm. And I I couldn't even, like I love my cousin. I grew up with him. And I couldn't even fake a tear because I was high as shit on heroin. (laughs) Yeah. But then about six months later when I got up to New Hampshire and he called me, we had talked a few times, but he called me and he was like, okay, you're far enough along in recovery at this point that I feel like I can tell you. He's like, I was about a hundred percent sure that that was the last time I was ever going to see you because of how bad you were. Cause I was just, I was a wreck. Couldn't text. I was, he had a video of me trying to eat chicken Parmesan and I was just smashing it on my t-shirt. It was, that's the saddest shit right there, bro. Cause I remember my mom specifically telling me after a while, she pretty much gave up hope. Like she knew that if she didn't hear from me that day, that I was either dead or she was going to hear from me soon. Cause I was in jail, but mainly dead. Cause that's That's, what, that's going to be their brain went to. Yeah, of course. Cause that, that's the part about being a parent is you catastrophize everything. Your, your kid falls down and your first thought is, there he goes. He's not, he's in special classes. That's me, bro. His skull's fractured. You know what I mean? He's not, he's never going to get a license. <laughs> Again, gonna, me. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah, like. Today's become, TED Talk. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, being, being an active parent really kind of puts a lot of that shit into perspective about what we put our parents through what we put our, our girlfriends at the time or, or, you know, the most recent or your friends who actually, you know, stuck by you that you knew from before uh, you became an addict. And it gives you a real perspective on, on what matters. The emotion, yeah. The, it's the emotion that exists between two people that have a common, like a common bond together. Yeah. Cause in addiction, you don't have friends. People say, oh yeah, he's my friend. We did drugs together a lot, but that's not your friend. Cause they could give a fuck really. That's why I say, yeah, I know that fool when they bring up names. <laughs> yeah. Not that's my best friend, dude. Cause until the drugs are taken out of the equation and you guys finally see where you sit, where you, where your friendship actually lies on this fucking chart. Right. And drugs are the only thing you had in common. Mm. And not to say you have to have everything in common with people to be friends with them, but it sure fucking helps. Like one, like this dude loves country only. This dude loves death metal. This guy's a Democrat. This guy's a Republican. Uh, this guy 
only fucks with yo-yos and this guy only plays call of duty what do they have to talk about fucking nothing jerking off like well i know what they do have is questions for each other because they don't know what the fuck's going on yeah why are we (laughs) friends like that's a good question that's a good one to start with how the fuck did we meet yeah what was it are you again yeah i don't even remember what was your name fucking jefferson airplane no no that can't be right no, it Don't is. you want somebody to love? No, I, mean? I didn't do it. I did it for uh, you, but I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking beautiful, dude. That's it. Jefferson Airplane. What was the <laughs> other thing? You said you had another idea for another. Oh, the topic? Uh, yeah, another topic. Oh, you're talking Where about. Was it? What about Demi Lovato saying she's California sober? California sober. Yeah. So, Dude, so peep this. Really she was quick. just on Rogan. By I was the way, just going to say out. that. I was, yeah, I just I was uh, like, God damn it. <laughs> I, just, I just downloaded it. Yeah. Now, my opinion on Demi Lovato, um, if she just shut the fuck up about politics, because like, okay, the story came out that she was a heroin addict and that she was like overdosing and shit like this or whatever the fuck. Um, whether or not it's true, she's a, a pop star. She didn't go to college, you know, for economics or political science. Invi- <laughs> n- nothing, nothing that would matter to the government. Like what, where is your place in this? You sing like- a song called Sorry Not Sorry. Sounds like, like a lot of people like nowadays who should just stay out of it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like getting into shit about the whole gender issue. Now it's a, it's hard. It's like, like for me, it's hard to say, Oh, I understand because I feel like I'm, I'm being disingenuous. If I'm like, Oh, I totally get it. I feel like I'm a woman. No, but I don't, I don't feel that way, but I get the idea that you can feel one way about yourself And, but when you see yourself, you don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like when I was a kid, I was like, I feel like I should have a beard. uh, You know what I mean? And I fucking don't. And then when I got one, I was like, I'm keeping it, bitch. Oh, I have to (laughs) shave it. Fuck you. I quit. Or what? Yeah. Just life in general. Yeah. Just life. But like getting involved in that type of shit is just, it's dangerous territory because it's going to, their feelings are going to get fucking hurt. And right now everybody's ripe for fucking anger. And that's well, just dude, what they want. This is like on that topic. Like you don't have to understand it. We don't have to understand it, but no. respect it. Absolutely. If, if that's, that's, that's my their, thing. If that's what somebody wants feels, or cares about or feels deeply about. Yeah. Leave it to them, respect it. And that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to, to question it or to question the validity of it. Um, I mean, questions it's, should, it's short sighted. It's allowed in a, it, at a, like in a sense, you know, but yeah, but questioning the validity of it, I guess would be the bad part. Que- yeah. Having questions about it should be fine. And that's not, which is weird, <laughs> but I get it. It's still a sensitive new kind of subject. I, so it's tough, but back to Demi Lovato, the the California sober thing. Yeah. That's kind of a weird 
uh, a weird label to put on an entire state with was, like it's kind of so weird. Many people. It's kind of weird to label that like I don't, it, like I don't know if she's done you know like the steps or whatever. I don't know if she's done any of those, but to say that and. You know what I mean? And say you've done them or whatever, or say you're practicing, doing whatever, going to meetings. I don't know if she is, yeah. but it's like. She was also saying that on the clip that I saw that she isn't completely sober and she doesn't, she said, if one day I decide to be completely sober, then so be it. If one day I decide to grow my hair long again, then so be it. If one yeah, day yeah, I decide I to that. date a dude. So she's saying that she's California sober just yeah. don't use the word sober. It's yeah. Easy. California, I use, dude. I don't use the word sober or clean. I say I'm I'm a recovering addict from heroin. My drug was heroin. So I can I smoke weed. I have my medical card. I smoked weed when I was on probation. Right. I'm not addicted to weed. I uh, just this earlier this week, I had lost my pen. So I... I didn't smoke for like two, three days or at least two days. And I didn't even really think about it. So addiction, no, but to say California sober, right. Right. Kind of a weird, just say, uh, I'm a California addict. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, a Hollywood addict, a lead addict, something. She's, she's Give into Californication, dude. You know that was a good. That was a good show, dude. Californication with David you know Duchovny. You know <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm Bad saying. Badass show. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. sick ass show for sure. Yeah. Um. So, while we're on the topic of drugs, my favorite book. Your favorite book is right here. Yeah. This is what my face is now, dude. I wanted to say this too, really quick, because I don't think okay. I've ever said this before, but it's so weird to be talking to be doing oh. a podcast on recovery and like addiction and stuff in my yeah. old fucking drug den. <laughs> yeah i'm really moving up in the world bro true it's like it's like you remember that episode of uh spongebob when patrick had a pickle and then he got shrunk and put into a jar yeah <laughs> and he's like it's, it's like a pawn or something <laughs> that's you dude you're a pickle in a jar bro oh my god whiskey in the jar okay so i want to try to find one that's not ooh transmission of spirits Dude, that sounds epic. Sounds so scary, let's dude. Get to 52. Steve Box. Okay. I'm just gonna run through this. Steve Box, Math Equal Sorcery. This is a chapter seven transmission of spirits. Tell me about it. So I'm just gonna read a couple different uh parts of it and we'll kind of go over what uh what we think this is doing as a whole to the addict. Uh, community so demons enter into people much more easily when that person has ingested meth into them uh proper grammar improper grammar proper proverbs 1821 says death and life are in the power of the tongue and that they love it shall eat the fruit thereof life and death is in the power of the tongue again okay Meth opens the, a door to the spirit world where the power of suggestion becomes a form of witchcraft. <laughs> I just, I don't even know what to say. For example, there was a time when myself and a couple of guys had been up on meth for several days. Weird. 
<laughs> I understood about this power of suggestion and I told them when they left that I would speak to them and they would hear my voice. No shit? Yes, sir. Oh, he said, next time I saw that one of them, when they left, I would speak to them and they would hear my voice. So crazy. Okay. They were up for many days, so they were hallucinating. Audible hallucinations. It's real. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next time I saw them, one of them said he was driving away that night and could hear my voice and other noises. Another time, I told a guy that I would come to visit him. I had forgotten about this. A day or so later, I called him, and he told me that he and I had been partying at his shop, and he had been making us some drinks, and that I was there for several hours. So... This guy, at this point, he's not really talking about meth use in the real sense at all. This has no basis in reality whatsoever. And nothing about, you know, the the preface or the the description on the back is like, this is a fantasy world <laughs> that I make up uh, on the spot about meth. Right. Because... None of this none of this proves anything. None of this is backed by any kind of real information. Uh, no names are used. Um, there's no uh, quoted accounts by any other person. It, just, it sounds like a pamphlet that you would get at the Dare program like in like in yeah. school, you know. It sounds like a like a pamphlet you'd get from the Westboro Baptist Church. That's true. That's true. what it sounds like. So, might have to do some this. more digging on this guy, Steve. He's got a few different <laughs> books that are all sound pretty fucking ridiculous. So that's why you have to be careful what you say to someone on meth, because what you speak is also being heard by the demons of meth. And then they take these fears of individuals and run with them. You see the evil ones are listening to every word that comes out of your mouth. That's why Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. The attic speaks tweaked out lies into existence. Not true. Thoughts are placed by Satan's horde into their mind. Then they speak it and it becomes a paranoid lie. Okay, so. First off, done with white, fucking on, first off white lies. Not big Meth. lies, man. Yeah. <laughs> so none of that makes any kind of fucking sense to me because. I I had my my time doing meth and staying up for too long and I never had any kind of evil thoughts or uh thoughts of hurting other people it was more just paranoia about the law yeah I was like oh no I'm going to get in trouble um you know cops are going to be here just stupid shit like or, that but or they are here already yeah, it sounds like this guy already had a complete fascination with Jesus and evil spirits and shit like that. So or, in his vivid and fucked up, tweaked out, sleep-deprived imagination. Or he was tweaking when he wrote the book. Ooh, that's clear. He still does it. Yeah. <laughs> like pa I'm Pax Prentice. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to overdose soon. So yeah. come to Malibu, but retreat whatever it's called yeah so that was not the end of the chapter but jesus it's it's tough to read shit that's so it's so damaging to the 
to the idea of recovery, to the idea of what addicts are. Active addicts are not bad people. They're not possessed by the fucking devil. (laughs) They have lost their way and they can find their way and they don't need a higher power to do that. What they need is compassion from other people. They need understanding and they need a planned out road that they can see the finish line and they know that they can get out of it unscathed. Nobody wants to go through withdrawals from shit. No. And nobody wants to feel like they're ostracized from their community. So for everybody portraying tweakers as demons, like this guy is saying that they're possessed by demons and that Satan talks to them. You're not really giving them an in to society to feel like they're welcome. And that, seems like right. it's more damaging this doesn't it, i don't know who this book is helping i feel like this book was helping him make meth money that's what it yeah, seems I mean. like to me <laughs> it seems like he was selling this book so he can buy a teen you know yeah. what i mean and that's no bueno dude nah it's no buenes no buenes at all dude yeah. lo siento but dude <laughs> no buenes bro yeah this dude can fucking, uh, how do you say eat, come? Puede comer what? What's he trying to eat, dog? Mi cachetes, dude. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This dude can eat my fucking cheeks, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even care, dude. Oh. Um, Yeah, that's Dude, but this book's, fucking nanners. This book's very, uh, uh, kind of, it's kind of a difficult subject for kind of both of us because of the whole, you know, Jesus thing. But yeah. like. It's not, it's, it's beyond that. Honestly, it's like just the shit that he's saying. Like I was a horrible tweaker and you fucking know that you were. Yeah. (laughs) But it still wasn't, it wasn't demons. It was, well, see, that's what I was going to, that's what I'm getting at. Not every tweet, whatever demons. No, 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 no. Some tweakers are obsessed with Jesus, but it's some tweakers are just bad people. (laughs) Of course. Some regular, some non addicts are just bad people too. Literally. it's just a luck of the draw, dude. Yeah. Some people are drug addicts and still better people than people that aren't on drugs. But the stigma. Yeah. Fuck the stigma against addicts saying that we're all bad people regardless if we've changed our ways or not. But most yeah. of the people that I tell when I, cause I tell everybody I'm very upfront. Yeah, me I, too. I usually tell people within a week, like it'll come up and I'll be like, yeah, I was a, a heroin addict for a decade and I've been clean for, you know, almost two years. And I, Almost 100% of the time, they say, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. They say something along those lines. They I don't want go, somebody to be like, you fucking loser. Yeah, you're a fucking piece. You should have never quit. <laughs> but no, it's <laughs> it's in person. It usually ends up good. But then these are people that I work with. These are people that are in a similar socioeconomic range as myself. These aren't, you know, middle-aged men and women that are well-to-do that have never been around drug addicts. And those are the types of people that are spreading this type of shit. And there's also like, I'm sure there's some kids that are involved like in, uh, in like Gen Z that probably push the, the idea that people that use drugs besides Adderall and Molly are all pieces of shit and or Coke. Don't forget prison. Yeah. Coke, Molly and Adderall are fine. But if you use meth or heroin, 
you're a, you're a dirt bag. Why can't and we just classify all these people as one label? Because some <laughs> drugs, for some reason, are socially acceptable. But then again, fuck labels. It. You know what I mean? True, dude. Can't be labeled, bro. Nah, bro. It's <laughs> unique, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, people that used to shit on me for being a heroin addict or cocaine addicts. They're cokeheads. And I don't, I mean, I don't say, oh, cokehead, like you're a fucking dirt bag. Yeah. Pepsi's better it's than whatever. Coke, you know? Yeah. Unless it's McDonald's Coke. <laughs> That's true. Really That's good. fucking true. Yeah, like I, I legit like McDonald's Coke. Yeah, yeah. So McDonald's Sprite too. Yeah, I think they have a special deal, dude. They get special syrups. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what the fuck that is, dude. Special, special bubs, dude. Special bubbles. True that. Um, so I, uh, we're getting pretty close to wrapping it up here, but I'll just quickly go, go over this. I got my, I got my bite aligners. Um. I got them on Monday, so I've been wearing them. Today is Saturday, so I've been wearing them for you know about five six days now. Shit doesn't hurt like people were always like, yeah, it fucking hurts pretty bad when you first put them in, and now I'm thinking like, you guys are just soft, dude. You guys haven't lived a life because. Shit didn't hurt like at all. It was, you know, a little tight, but it's, it's cool. Like I got, uh, I think 11 weeks on my bottom teeth and then 15 weeks on my top teeth and I'm fucking donezo. What? Yeah. 15 weeks. And I'm going to go from, see, like they're crowded. So like my left tooth is over kind of barely covering my right tooth it's going to flatten all that shit out. I'm going to have some beautiful teeth. Plus they give you this, uh, it's called bright bite and you put it in the tray when you put the trays in. Oh, the thing that it, vibrates. No, it whitens your teeth. Oh. oh, okay. The, the, that's called the hyper bite. It's this little thing, dude, it, you have to charge it for like eight fucking hours, dude. So you got to charge it while you're asleep. I charge it all day while I'm at work. Oh yeah. True that. And all night. And then I use it in the morning. And it, it vibrates for, you could probably use it like three, four times before you have to charge it again. So it vibrates five minutes a piece, but Jesus Christ. I was like, how the fuck have they not figured out how to make this thing charge faster? Like that's the only thing that bug that bugs me about it. Everything's so high tech. You can charge a phone in 30 minutes, but a thing that vibrates for five minutes takes eight hours to charge. What is going <laughs> on America? We just fucking vaccinated for a giant virus in a year. And I can't charge a vibrating thing. Yeah. Eight hours in less really? than a than less than a fucking night. First of all, how long does Christ. it take to fucking charge a vibrator, dude? Cause I think don't you use batteries for that? Oh yeah. Can't, the, can't you just charge them? I don't know. I've never used one, no. The only ones I've ever seen had batteries, like double A batteries in them. Well, well, when was that? Like the nineties or something? <laughs> ah, yeah. cause you're old. You get it? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, I I'm was still kidding. a, I was still a virgin in the nineties though. I was only different technology back then, bro. Is yeah. what I'm saying. I was 13 when it, when Y2K happened. Okay. So I, was, I think I was in kindergarten. 
Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it was 21 years ago, so Trip you would have been you would have been five, uh, six. Yeah. Hey, Miss Goosey, Miss Goosey. Hey. So, learning a lighting program to do a show for uh, a Journey cover band called D- uh, DSB for Don't Stop Believing. Hold on to that feeling. But yeah, their band, the band's called DSB. Um, and the show is coming tonight. So it's going to be my first night running a light board. Damn, boy. Um, pretty cool. It's pretty fucking, it's pretty legit. It's a sick, sick setup. So I'm excited to see how that's going to go. Those are your meth, meth books? <laughs> no, those are all my copies of uh, Matthew Will Sorcery. Oh, damn. You're signing them? <laughs> yeah, I'm Steve Box, motherfuckers. Oh, my God. This is you, dude? <laughs> yeah. Look, here's Steve Box right here, dude. Oh, no, it's behind the light. Hold on, look. See? Oh, that is you. See? Isn't that him? Yeah. Yep, that's Steve Box right there. This Keep one. it right here. Ready? Right by my finger. Oh, my God. I fucking Steve. told you. Steve. It's me. Yeah, you can barely fucking see him. Whatever, dude. Who fucking cares? All right. Um, I think we're good. I think uh, next week we should be able to record again on Wednesday. And we will have a special guest, uh, Mr. Derek Ryan from the band Curse the Sun. Oh, what? We're fucking finally getting him on. We're finally getting Derek on. Um, finally he's, got, him. he's got a lot of experience with mental health uh, problems, um, massive anxiety, panic attacks. He's got a lot of shit to say about it. Um, very smart dude. Probably the best guitar player I have ever uh, been around, even. Um, and definitely the best guitar player I've had the pleasure of uh, playing drums for. So it's going to be cool to have him on. Um, and I st- we still got to get um, his buddy Dustin Hadlock from the podcast of Dustiny. Yeah. He's also a stand-up comic and the uh, ex-vocalist for uh, Knights of the Abyss, which was a fantastic, um, like a kind of a, what would they be considered? Deathcore, metalcore? There's something, I think they're kind of metalcore-ish, but trying to work on that and i still gotta get um eric helwig i fucking forgot to message him back um eric helwig if you're watching this i'm so sorry <laughs> i <laughs> i got fired so i started a new job just reacclimating, trying to get all my shit in order sorry we're, i gotta get you on soon i'm fucking excited to have eric helwig because he's a really funny fucking guy um but yeah uh thanks everybody for watching what um make sure you click i think it's i think it's uh over here right here somewhere i don't think it's on your side fuck i think it's over here this one right here right here yeah is it this is it because i think are you on the left or the right on your screen i'm on the top bro what's up oh see mine's side to side oh mine's side to side so when this gets posted, it's going to be side to side. You're on the left. I'm on the right. Yeah. Yeah, that way. 
Yes. No, no, no. <laughs> God damn it. You know where it is. God damn it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's over here. So go ahead and click subscribe, like, watch the other videos. Um, go follow us on Instagram. It's still fucking up underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me at Lego six, six, six underscore. You can follow Juan at Juan. What is it? Juan underscore SFU. Okay. Juan underscore SFU on Instagram. Um, spay and neuter your dogs, you know, (laughs) uh, don't buy from breeders, uh, go to the humane society and buy your animals. Um, donate, to uh charities you know what yeah. i mean uh there's a dig there's charities that help uh recovering addicts you can donate to the arizona recovery center if you so choose it's the place that helped me get my fucking life back thanks to um dr vona and uh appreciate everybody checking out episode 33 of the still fucking up podcast